0: I have a trivia question for you. Ooh, what you got? Is alabaster a color, a rock, or a British dude? <laughs> I think you mean Alistair. <laughs> there could be a British dude named Alabaster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with color. <laughs>
0: Hello everybody and welcome to the podcast. This is gear related, a peek under the hood of the repair industry. Automotive. Repair Automotive repair industry. industry. Yeah, let's I mean, not forget need to that specific. part. You be specific. You should. Anyway, welcome. I am your host, Ben, along with your other host. Heather. Say hello to the folks, Heather. Hello. Hello folks. Hello folks. We're glad to have you with us again. I want to start things off with um, well, we touched um, on rare cars last week, right? Yes.
1: Well, last time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, last time. Uh, so last time our rare cars last week, and for those of you that are keeping track, what is the date today? It's January fifteenth. <laughs> You're cute. It's like the nineteenth. <laughs> it's flying oh, by. I'm so far behind. Just like the snow. So the Barrett Jackson auction uh was held last week and there was not a car up for sale but there was one on display called little red and you may not know about little red little red was a 1967 mustang shelby gt500 that was supposed to have been crushed
1: well what wait why
0: well it was a it was a concept car that they used to test performance parts in and Uh generally these kind of cars went to the smasher and (laughs) crushed they're done See you, bye. And that's what uh, most people thought. Well, lo and behold, this little Mustang reappeared, fully restored, on display at the Barrett Jackson Auto Shop. Uh, And the story behind it is really fascinating. I won't go too far into it. If you want to research it yourself, by all means, just search 67 Mustang Shelby Little Red and it'll come right up. This thing reportedly, if ever does go to auction, will sell for millions.
1: Well, but there's something else cool about this guy.
0: About Shelby?
1: The Little Red. Little Red has a friend.
0: Well, Little Red does have a friend. One of two. The Green Hornet. Ooh. Not to be mistaken with the Green Hornet, the movie. No, this was actually another little-known Mustang that uh, that they restored. And they were sister cars. Once Aww. again reunited for the first time in probably, what, 50 years, 60 years? So that one was supposed to be
1: smashed too, huh?
0: Yeah. That's generally what they did with these cars. Rude. The best part about Little Red is it was sent to a Colorado dealer. Nobody told them the historical significance of it. Maybe they didn't know at that point in time. The dealer sold that car to an owner. Didn't bother to tell him that this was a concept car. It passed hands, I believe, once. Uh, You should read the story. It's very fascinating. But uh, even the owner that the current owner bought it from now did not know of its historical significance. Well, didn't
1: it sit out in a field?
0: Yeah. yeah. They were in the middle of uh, repairing it and had some parts stolen from it. So (laughs) (laughs) they're like, "Uh, you know what? The heck with it. Uh, I'm done with this car. And it ended up in a Texas field and sat there for many, many years.
1: It's a happy ending. It is. It is a
0: very happy ending.
1: Very nice.
0: Good job, little red. That is a good story. You know, it's a good thing that it was a uh, a Texas field that was left into. <laughs> right. If it, if it was an upstate New York field, uh, yeah, you wouldn't wouldn't have much left of very it. Very sad.
1: So speaking upstate New York, yes, we're, we're in the throes of winter. Yes, we are. And you can tell because everybody's got the cough that just won't ever go away. Mm-hmm. And then when you laugh, you're wheezy. You will probably get to hear that later from me, folks.
0: Yeah, you're a little wheezy at times, aren't you? Thank you. <laughs>
1: nicest thing you've ever said to me <laughs> i want to talk a little bit about you know we we up here you know we're not we're not as hardy as like the the main new hampshire folks
0: or the the alaskans or those uh, arctic adventurers no and we're just not going to talk about canada because no they're no, very no. hardy we don't have any listeners in canada anyway do we, we who knows
1: i hope so <laughs> but we, we we were pretty hardy we know how to get ready for the winter yeah you know yeah. So uh, I think let's just let's just talk about it a little bit. Let's okay. talk about
0: winter for our cars. Oh, all right. We can talk about that.
1: So the first thing that I have got to know, because every shop it seems does a big, "Hey, it's winter. Get your car ready for winter. Winterize your vehicle." What does that mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, winterizing your vehicle uh, does not mean what it used to mean, and. To be honest, we shouldn't even use this term anymore. Now for those of you that subscribe to our email list, which is basically the customers of Shown Auto, uh, we uh, we wrote an article in our fall newsletter uh, about this specifically. And If you'd like a copy of it, all you have to do is go to our website, it should be on there. If it's not, tweet me or tweet us or Facebook us, I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you somehow, but anyway, in this article. It was basically describing what winterize used to mean and what it means to us today. And it's a lot different now because cars have changed. Right. And for good reason. But uh, what we used to do is basically change your vehicle from a summer vehicle to a winter vehicle. Now. Yeah. How did we do that? Magic. Well, The first thing that we did was we put snow tires on. That's kind of an obvious one. That's good.
1: Change the shoes
0: first. Yep. Mm -hmm. We changed the oil because we wanted to change the viscosity of it. In the wintertime, you wanted to go – because it was colder, your motor oil would be thicker.
1: So you want a thinner oil? So you use a
0: thinner oil generally in the wintertime and a thicker oil in the summertime. What
1: a pain in the butt.
0: Okay. Well, generally speaking, you wanted to change your oil – the right. average person changed their oil twice a year anyway. Okay. We would change your cooling out. We would change your wiper blades. We'd take the summer wiper blades off and put the winter wiper blades on. Okay. Yeah, it was all about this changing everything to a winter kind of thing. We don't necessarily do that anymore. But you know that there was also adjustments that we had to make to your fuel system? No, I did not know this. Yeah. We'd have to make adjustments to how much fuel goes into your car. And these are all carburetor adjustments. But obviously, everything now is fuel injected, so also oh, we, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't need to make adjustments on that. Also, wiper blades, for the most part, we have this contour wiper blade that is usually both operating in wintertime and summer time without any kind of issues. All right. So the question, and then the next question is, then why are so, we?
1: Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, now? Why are we
0: winterizing our cars? Well, that's what this is again. Uh, we need to change the terminology. We don't winterize cars anymore. We do a we we perform a winter inspection, which just means let's make sure your tires have enough tread to get through Mm -hmm. the snow, or put snow tires on if you have them. Let's make let's check your coolant and all your other fluids for that matter. Make sure they're full. Make sure they're windshield wiper for that salt. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And we're going to check your windshield wipers, too. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're in good condition. They can handle these uh, frigid temperatures and ice buildup and, and what have you.
1: And lights are all functioning. All the lights, lights are functioning. We're
0: going to check the suspension components. All that good stuff. Always a good idea to get that stuff checked out. So that's that's the
1: new winterizing.
0: That's the lingo.
1: All right. You pull your sweaters out. Winter inspection. You get your winter inspection. Okay. So okay, good. I feel better about that. Now I know what we're doing there. I need to know about undercoating. Because that's the the thing I always hear. Do, uh, do I want the spray undercoating to help with the rust and the stuff? And do
0: I? Do I want that? <laughs> undercoating, I I of the first I will say the automotive repair person has a love-hate relationship with, with undercoating, but this has nothing to do with uh, you, the consumer. So I'm just going to say this first.
1: <laughs> well, wait, why do you have the love-hate,
0: or will you well, tell us later? <laughs> <laughs> we love it because it protects the vehicle. Especially with our salt roads, right? Yes. It's the rust stuff. We hate it. When we have to repair the vehicle and there's undercoating involved, it's a sticky not, it's a sticky mess.
1: Okay, but can't get the bolts off. Good yeah, yeah it,
0: it can congeal and uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, the thing you want to know about undercoating is whoever you have do your undercoating, make sure they're undercoating specialists. You don't want don't your, let
1: your cousin Rick do it. Yeah,
0: yeah, Rick's not gonna know. That you shouldn't <laughs> spray undercoating on like things, exhaust related oh, or, gosh. or your your, drivetrain components. It can throw them out of balance. So yeah, yeah. Make sure you're having a professional do it for for starters. The other thing I will say about undercoating, is if you're going to do it, do it right away. Don't. So when the vehicle's new. Exactly. Well, let's let's
1: let's go back and and talk about all that. So it's it's just a. Spray thing
0: that Base, kind of yeah. makes
1: a coat of, under your car, hence the name.
0: Yeah, think about a, a, sp- a spray rubber almost, because rubber doesn't rust, right? Not usually. <laughs> I would hope not. But you're going to spray this all over the underside of your car to create a barrier between your car and road salt, essentially. Okay. If you do this before your car, is affected by road salt it can be a good thing
1: right oh because you could like just trap the salt up underneath
0: there potentially Ooh. um it's not so much the salt you're you're capturing if you wait it's the effects that the salt has already had so if you have rusting components and you spray them with undercoating, you're trapping that rust in there and it'll only tear away from the inside out and you'll never know because you won't see it and
1: as long as you're not having your cousin Rick do it, yeah, they're probably cleaning the underside of the car before they spray it. Any, way.
0: I would hope so. Yeah, I hope you're listening. So there's to Rick. there's also uh, I'll throw this out there. There's also another thing that uh, or process that you can that you can do to your car that's not undercoating that also has benefits. Now this one, like undercoating, is something that you're supposed to return for further visits and, and reapply. Um, This one's interesting because they actually drill small holes in places in the car and spray this atomized oil that's... Go ahead. I know. I I, I just... (laughs) You can stop mm, me. Go ahead.
1: I just... uh, Podcast listeners, you can't see my face, but as soon as drilling holes in my car happened and then we're atomizing... Mm.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I like it. The product is Crown. You can research it if you want. That's spelled K-R-O-W-N. And if you research their process, a lot of people speak very highly of it. Now, we're not drilling big holes in your car. And keep in mind, I've never done this process, nor have I seen it done.
1: So does the oil stuff go up into those holes?
0: Well, one thing that... um, your average day consumer used to do to prevent rust issues is they would take a can of lubricating oil, just a spray can of lubricating oil or white lithium grease, even Pam. (laughs) I know what people are really doing. Any kind of oil-based product, when they had their car up on the lift, they would spray their oil on some of the parts that are susceptible to road Mm. salt. And- if you did this, every oil change, you would prevent rust. I did this on my own vehicle for for many years because I totally missed the cutoff date when it came to undercoating, but it prevented my brake lines, my fuel lines from rotting out. It actually worked really well just by spraying this oil. So effectively, this crown treatment process is the same thing, it's just doing the whole car inside and out in order to do Uh-oh. the car inside and out you, you have drill to drill small hole. holes here and there and just blast a bunch of oil in there
1: all right i'll think about it <laughs> <laughs> another thing I, I need to understand forgive me if i'm bringing us right back to like third
0: grade but i wasn't i wasn't very like Car savvy. Car savvy in third grade, just so you know. Good. Now you know where I'm at.
1: (laughs) Coolant and antifreeze. Yes. Are they different? Are they the same product? Can you do that? What happens? What's the point? What are we not freezing? What are we cooling?
0: They are the same product. Antifreeze is a term used for coolant. Um, If you think of it in terms of this, they use the word coolant to cool the engine, which is what it does. Mm -hmm. But they also use the term antifreeze because it prevents the coolant properties in your coolant from freezing in the wintertime. So it's the same product. They're just using a different word to describe what it does.
1: And what is it not letting free? It's just the engine, right? And the radiator and...
0: So coolant is designed to do a couple of different things. Obviously, one is to keep the engine from overheating by giving it cooling properties. And in order to prevent it from freezing in the wintertime, you can't use just water, because water freezes at... Wait. 30... Is it 32 or 36? 32. 32. I always I always forget those two numbers. because 32 degrees. We all know in You're Rochester, pretty. it gets below 32 degrees. So if we used water, it would freeze, and the our engine would effectively... Crack right, because, because it, it would freeze and there would be nowhere for for that uh, to go, so it would crack the engine, rendering it useless. So that's where the antifreeze comes in. Okay, you put propylene glycol or ethylene glycol. They're used two different mm-hmm. depending on the manufacturer to and prevent it from sweet. freezing.
1: Don't let your cats or your children.
0: Yes, drink it this. is definitely dangerous. Do not let your animals or children drink it. You can die from it unless that's your plan.
1: Which it shouldn't be. It shouldn't
0: be your plan. Why would we even bring that up?
1: Who knows? <laughs> Maybe I'm feeling saucy. <laughs> you never know. All right. So here's my next question. Because we're talking about this water and the freezing. Yes. I had a friend. I won't say how close. Yep. A- asking for a friend? I'm asking for... Just asking for a friend. <laughs> no, it wasn't me, I promise. It really was a friend of mine. But um, she put... Water in her windshield wiper fluid to
0: sort of stretch it. Yeah, I've heard of this, um, and that didn't work out. Most people do well. it in the summertime.
1: Uh, yeah, probably, and then it just lasted.
0: Because I mean, as as far as far as they're concerned, if you spray water on the windshield, it's just as effective at cleaning your windshield as um, the fancy smancy. as washer solvent. Mm-hmm. But if you do this. And you forget that there's water in there and you come into the wintertime, it will freeze and it will crack whatever it is in, whether it's the washer tank, whether it's the line oh, that goes no. from the washer tank to the sprayer, or I, it could even damage the sprayer. So don't, yeah, just don't ever put water in your washer solvent
1: tank. No. Okay, good. My friend knew that now. Knows now.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, those are my questions.
0: Well, those are good questions.
1: Yes. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about like, tips, winter tips. Sure. Okay. The first one, I think, is pretty obvious. Um, when you're driving, slow down.
0: Yeah, you've definitely got to decrease speeds in uh, winter driving. And I think most people know this. The problem is, is, if you want my biggest tip for winter driving, it has nothing to do with when you're in the car it has everything to do with leaving earlier yes you need more time to get to the places you're going if you allow for more time you can drive slower and you will save a lot of aggravation and who knows maybe even a limb or two
1: right i though one of my favorite times ever was when some guy in an suv blew past me you know spraying slush everywhere and about a mile later as i'm coming crawling by uh-huh he's on the side of the road and he's stuck he can't get out yeah that's that schadenfreude right yeah, yeah. <laughs> well listen that's the way it goes man
0: slow down yeah i uh anytime somebody blows by me i, I think one of two things Either their tires are way better than mine <laughs> and they're usually not. <laughs> but then, then the other thought I have is, is I don't wish this person harm or, or even even any kind of harm to, to a passenger or what have you. But there is a small part of me that says if you end up off the road and 20 minutes is added to your day – I'd be okay with that, would you?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) uh But people be safe out there, please. Yes.
1: Um, Some other lovely driving tips would be, obviously, don't slam on your brakes.
0: Yes. I saw that happen the other day. Definitely don't
1: do that. It doesn't work out for you. It does not. You're just going to keep going. Um, Skidding. Skidding happens. Skidding happens a lot. So... Yeah. So basically, if you're in what a rear wheel and all wheel drive, you're going to turn into the skid, which is where your butt's going—the back end of your car. That's considered the skid. So you turn that way, and that's how you kind of get get all four tires back on. Yeah. Road. You know,
0: I had trouble describing this, um, just putting it into like a, a words that you might understand. So. If you're really curious about this, what I suggest, and I've done this myself, is get in your car when it's when the when the weather is bad, and go to a place where you know you can't hit anything, and you know you're not going to get stuck. And don't do this when, there, when there's like three feet of snow. For, let, let's we're we're talking a couple inches here, and you know you can slide. Go to a parking lot where there's nobody parked around, and just experience what it's like to get into a skid with your car and how to recover from it.
1: Don't be like my high school boyfriend and just do donuts.
0: <laughs> we Although all did that, fun. dude, you know?
1: <laughs> all right. My next tip is kind of about the undercoating thing. Okay. Even if you don't have it, you should be washing your car more often. Let's get the salt off of these cars. Yeah. Especially if you use salt on the roads.
0: Yeah. And, and just because it's a crappy day outside, it's still a good idea to get the car washed. Actually, that's the best time to do it because there's not a long line at the car wash. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but yeah, wash your car a couple of times. Make sure you get that undercarriage spray that they always um, ask you about if you want it. And that'll help clean all the salt buildup. Yeah, sure. You're going to get salt right back on there, but at least you're going to clear away a lot of the gunky buildup. And you do that a few times during the, the winter time and that should give some longevity to those parts
1: good um last and maybe least but not least because i get out of work really late at night you got to pull those windshield wipers up because those suckers will freeze
0: yeah you ever see that where uh you're just driving by and you'll see like one or two cars and some the, the windshield wipers are just poking up and you're like well, what's that about well, there's, a, there's a reason for that. I do this now, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a great idea, actually. If you know it's going to snow or, or it is snowing and you go to work or you come home, pick those windshield wipers up. Put them up in the air. When you come home in the or w- when you're in the morning or when you come out at work, you can just put them right back down and uh, you'll have no danger of them freezing to the windshield whatsoever.
1: You have to sit there, Ben, if you don't do this. And you have to let the car... Warm up totally and what? defrost all of that ice
0: off of there. Here's the. Uh, because
1: I ripped part of my windshield yeah. wiper
0: off. And, that's, and it was
1: the one on my side, <laughs> and you couldn't see anything.
0: And that's the real danger, you see, is because typically what happens is most people know that they might be frozen to the windshield, so let's not turn them on right away. But if you're going to work while it's snowing, and you turn you turn that key off. You don't turn the wi- wipe Mm-mm. the windshield wipers off. You just turn that key off. You go inside, you do your 8-hour shift, your 12-hour shift, or if you're he man you do your 20-hour shift. <laughs> and you come oh, you come back out to your car and you just start that car. It's freezing cold. You're not even thinking if the wipers are on, right? You just start that car up, but your wipers are on. And as soon as they turn on, they're frozen to that windshield. Something's got to give, right? And usually it's a component that you can't fix right then and oh. there. Well, folks, I hope we've prepared you. <laughs> I feel like you we've been berating a lot of people on this podcast. We're not
1: berating. We're warning. We're being the wise
0: elders. Okay. Well, I Even hope, we I hope they that. got something useful out of this. I did. Good.
1: I've learned some stuff.
0: All right. Well, if you'd like to learn something different... <laughs> You can always ask us. I, I love questions. I love answering questions.
1: We love ideas for or thoughts or you know,
0: Absolutely. weird stories yeah. that people tell. Yeah, we we actually had a great comment today about our uh, oil consumption mm-hmm. uh, podcast. A great oil consumption conspiracy. Yeah, and. <laughs> This person asked us to do more podcasts like that, and I'm thinking like, oh, we could totally turn this into a conspiracy podcast. Wouldn't that be great?
1: Why is there a car parked outside (laughs) of our house and a man in sunglasses? Uh,
0: As always, everyone, thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, hit us up on Twitter. That's at Schoen Auto, S-C-H-O-E-N Auto. Or hit us up on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. A wonderful week.